0: Love talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to uh, a new uh, Hoosier Huddle podcast. As we kick off fall camp, uh, we also have a lot of recruiting news to go over. That's why we have uh, Peaks.com writer and uh, recruiting expert Matt Weaver coming on shortly. Our co-host TJ Inman will be here as well. Lots of Hoosier football to talk about Um in the news today uh, IU kicked off fall camp uh yesterday uh they had media day today um and you know it, it, it's a whole uh you know it's the start of football season and and we're happier uh we're happy that that the football season is starting Uh so let's uh bring in uh TJ Inman and uh and welcome him to the show TJ how are you
1: I'm doing great, Sammy. Like you said, the uh, football season really is here. It's, uh, you know, there is really not much of an off season in college football, but I think it's uh, well everybody would consider the start of the 2016 season has arrived. No, the games haven't started, but, uh, you know, this is fall camp is the real deal. This is when, um, you know, we can really start to see, what the position groups are going to look like. We can really start to see the depth charts start to form, um, kind of see who uh, who's stock has improved since, uh, since we saw them in the spring and who maybe has taken a step back or has just been passed up by other guys. Um, you can never take too much definitive from just one or two days. but You can really start to see things uh, take shape as, as teams are putting in their playbooks, they're putting in – um, you know, probably not starting prep for opponents just yet, um, but really starting a game plan for how they're going to line up come, in Indiana's case, come September 1st. So it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, and, TJ, we're going to bring in uh, Matt Weaver from uh now. There's been a lot of recruiting news uh, in uh, going around the, the blogosphere now. Matt, um, how how are you doing?
2: I'm doing okay. How are you guys?
0: We're we're doing awesome. Football's back. Um, let's talk a little bit about before we get into to practice today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the recruiting news that's happened the last couple weeks. Uh, there's been a, a couple recruits who who are pushing the the, the scales um, above 350 pounds. Is this uh, the strategy uh, you envisioned IU taking uh, for this class?
2: Well, I mean, I. I knew they would would go after linemen, um, a a lot of linemen um, on both sides of the ball, um, and that's that's what they're doing. I I don't know if they necessarily were trying to get, you know, guys like Juan Harris, who's, you know, around 6'3", 6'4", 360 or so pounds, and then, you know, um, Darius Mullen, 6'5", you know, 320 or so, and then Caleb Jones, who's listed at 6'9", 320, but I think he's a little bit heavier than that. I just think these are these are just guys that they like and they happen to get them. I mean, you know, it's nice to have them. Not only are these guys big, but they can move well for for you know people of their size. So, and it's a nice combination. And and but going after big bodies, linemen, tight end, DN types um, was definitely definitely their strategy in this recruiting class. How,
0: how do you see some of these players uh, fitting in? A Juan Harris, uh, you know, we've seen them flip from or decommit from Iowa uh, uh, almost a handful of times. Um, do you see that commitment sticking, or is that a, a hold your breath, wait and see until, you know, signing day uh, really rolls around?
2: Well, I mean, <clears throat> for as long as I've done covered recruiting, to me almost every commit is a, uh, is a wait and see. Now, there are some guys that you feel – you would be—I I never use the word "shocked" in recruiting, but there are some guys that would probably shock me over the years if they decommitted. And there's probably a couple in this class. But you, you know, I mean, any, recruiting is—it's just—it's a—it's a whole different animal, especially football recruiting. There's no kind of like the wild, wild west. There's no there's no law. There's no rules. It's just kind of you know. I think Kevin Wilson says it best when this recruiting starts January 10th. And then it's a free for all. Um, it's kind of a free-for-all now. It's just not as not as crazy as it will be in January. But, you know, I mean, there is a concern there with a guy like Juan Harris because, you know, he has he has changed his mind, obviously, or decommitted a few times um, from Iowa. But he's got a great relationship with Coach Egg, and They've known each other for a couple of years now. I think that will help, um, you know, and maybe as he gets in the season, maybe it will be harder for him to look around because he'll be busy with school and football. But, you know the, the the chances for a decommit are are there for every recruit. It's just he's probably a little bit higher, like you said, on uh, on that scale than others. Uh,
0: the most recent uh, commit, Caleb Jones. Uh, what does he bring to the table?
2: Well, first and foremost is I mean he's he's huge size, six nine. Like I said, he looks at three twenty. I would guess he's probably in the three fifty range. Um, I mean, he's a big dude. He's got he's got good feet. I saw him at the um, invasion camp at Lawrence North last week. Um, even at even at his, he need, he admitted he needs to get in better shape. He needs he needs to improve his conditioning. Um, but I, there, you have a lot to work with there. It's, it, he's a he's a he's a big guy that can move. He you know he's has got some basketball in his past. Um, he got kind of light feet, even though he's a, like I said, he's a he's a massive human being. Um, and he's the kind of guy that I think, you know, if he comes in and takes to the coaching and, you know, they get him with uh, Coach Caton and his and his crew with the strength conditioning guys and you know, get him in the in you know, the right body that they want him to have. I think he's got a chance to be have a nice nice upside. I think his ceiling's there. He's raw. He's you know, the good thing is they've recruited the O line so well that, you know, you don't need guys to come in and play right away. So he's he's a developmental guy. You know, probably bring him in and kind of redshirt him and like a Devondre Love, and, and you know, a uh, year or two down the road, you know, maybe he 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 has a chance to crack the rotation. But I I like his upside. Um, but it's you know, it's, it's going to be on him, like it is with any recruit. You make sure you get in shape, and and you and you um, you know, you take it to the coaching and, and try to get better.
1: Yeah, Caleb Jones is. Uh, I I went to Lawrence North, and um, I still know some people there, and they they really like Caleb Jones. Uh, everyone I've talked to to involve with that uh, program at all or has come in contact with them um liked Caleb Jones as a as a kid and he's got a cool story dad owns a restaurant that Caleb has uh has worked at since he was 10 um that doesn't necessarily mean anything for his football future but uh it it's cool to have an Indianapolis uh connection there and I've seen him play a couple times he's uh like you said, he's raw, but he moves surprisingly well for as big as he is. I think he's got a good future at, uh, probably on the outside because of his size and length. This is what you're hoping for. But um, kind of a tie-in to that, you know, he's an Indianapolis kid, uh, it seems to me that the coaching staff has been able to do a pretty good job so far with this class with in-state kids. Has, have you noticed uh, kind of an uptick in in-state recruiting at all since the contract extension? Um, do you think that's something that's played a role in some some of the better rated Indiana prospects committing or is this kind of just a you know, perception thing that I'm thinking that it's not actually the reality?
2: No, I think it is. I mean there's probably you know, the bowl season probably helped too, but I, I think the contract extension has been a big deal. I mean, you know, some of the guys not every guy talked to said this, but some of the guys have said, you know, they the contract extension was big for them because they know that Kevin Wilson and his staff are are locked into Indiana for, you know, I think it was a six-year deal. So they, they know yeah. that he's going to be there for their career. And, and that's huge for guys. I mean, I said it last year when people were debating, you know, whether to extend or not to extend before, you know, the end of the season. And I said, one way or the other, you've got to make a decision because you can't have a guy on a two-year contract in Indiana. You can't recruit. And I think it hurt their in-state recruiting last year because guys, you know, it was kind of being used against them on the recruiting trail. It's just the way it is. And I think now they've got that they've got that security, and 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 I think it's a big deal. And I I do think I, I think TJ, it's uh, that you're spot on. I think it has helped. them. I and, like I said, the winning the season they had last year, going to bowl game, winning six games, um, I think that helped too. I mean, it wasn't you know it, it wasn't a spectacular season, but it was a good first step to for this program um, as far as getting to a bowl game. Now you try to take it to the next step, a little bit better bowl game or seven wins and you know something like that. But it's I think it all ties in together, but to me, the contract extension was the biggest deal. Matt, you you mentioned the
0: invasion camps, and and I went to two of them. Uh, you went to all four of them. Uh, what was your feeling? Was was that um, campaign a success in your eyes?
2: Yeah, I think. And, I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were there. I think Coach Wilson said they, they had around 550 or 560 guys. I mean, that's what they said for the four camps. And, I, you know, I'm guessing they probably, you know, the Lawrence North camp did not have a ton of guys. It was first thing in the morning, um, you know, but uh, it, it was still, it was there were some, there were some good players there and besides Caleb Jones. There's a few other guys there that they liked. And, um, you know, the Carmel camp was really, really well attended um and Westfield you were there it was kind of like the Lawrence North camp and then obviously the Brownsburg camp the last one was was really well attended with some good players so I I thought that I thought it went off I thought it went off well um you know especially it was something that we really didn't kind of know about until uh, just a few weeks before it happened and you know I think if it's something they keep doing on a you know every year basis and I would think they will um I could see it growing and growing I, I I thought you know they got to work with the, – these kids got to uh, camp for free and, and get coached by a Big Ten staff. So, you know, I, I, I think it was all positive. Uh, Coach Wilson seemed pleased by it. The other coaches seemed pleased by it. And, you know, for a first year um, and for a program like Indiana, I thought it was a good deal.
0: Right. And, Matt, let's move on from uh, recruiting a little bit. I, I know there's still some guys who are close to committing, but today was the first day we got to see practice. Um, and, and probably the biggest question heading into to fall camp is the uh, is the quarterback battle. Uh, what were your first impressions uh, from practice today?
2: Well, I, I I don't I don't think anybody really separated themselves at that position. There were some good and there were some not so good. Um, you know, I I I thought I thought um, uh, you know you start with Xander Diamon. I thought he looked honestly. I thought he threw the ball better than I than I remember him throwing. I mean his. He still is not a very big guy, um, but I thought his arm looked better than I. I mean, he didn't have to put the, a lot of the passes where you float him a lot, but um, you know, it's not Richard Lego or Nate Suttell tight. But I thought it looked better. I thought Lego made some nice throws, and I thought he made some throws where he looks like he's still trying to figure stuff out as far as the offense. Um, you know, uh, Austin King has a good arm. Peyton Ramsey is, and I don't. You know, we don't expect Peyton Ramsey to play this year, um, but he looks like a guy that could really in, in a year or two really be a nice player. Um, you know he's got good athleticism. I thought he threw the ball pretty well. A um, little bit of a funky delivery, but nothing that's you know so terrible you can't work with. Um, so I, I think they've got you know Danny Cameron's is kind of usual uh, kind of steady self. You know I I think they've got some pieces there. It's just you know you, you want to see one guy kind of you know uh, take hold of the position. And but then again, like Coach Wilson said today, you could see you could see them play more than one. And it wouldn't shock me if they play a couple guys this year. It, uh, that wouldn't shock me at all. Would it
0: shock you to have him draw out a starter? Um, You know, we we weren't as hands-on in in 2013, but Wilson alluded to that today in his press conference was that, you know, he kind of almost admitted he made a mistake in 2013 with how he handled that quarterback competition, giving everybody a fair and equal shot, and that kind of, he said, made everybody mad um do you see you know them trying to name a, a full time starter before uh, maybe a couple weeks before or a week before the um uh, the opener
2: yeah i asked uh, coach Johns that today um when we had him there up in the you know for the media day and um <clears throat> he said that you know they they'd like to do it. You know, the earlier the better. Now they're not gonna they're not gonna rush it. They're not gonna do, name a guy just to name a guy. But he you know he felt like in his first week to to ten days even two weeks that you'll start seeing some separation that somebody will kind of kind of you know emerge and and that's kind of their thought or at least maybe a, one or two guys. I mean I think right now it's it's Lego and Deamont. It seems pretty obvious. And I remember in 2013 they would split practice in half. And have one quarterback and one half and another quarterback, and they would get equal reps. And I think they tried to do that, like Coach Wilson said, to be fair. This time they're going to do it the kind of traditional way. They have a one and a two, and they're going to get reps. And then you know whoever looks better, maybe they flip flop or whatever. But um, you know I I you want to get it. You'd like to have it probably within the, you know the first games less than a month away. So you really like to have your quarterback in the next couple of weeks so then you have a couple of weeks to start kind of working towards game one with your your starter in mind so you can start game planning and start getting things ready for the season. You don't want to drag this all the way into game week, I wouldn't think. Yeah,
0: that's that's what it seems to me is, is that that's what he's trying to avoid. Um, and, you know, it, having a new quarterback and a quarterback who hasn't played that much uh, coming into the mix. Now, now all the wide receivers, when we talk to them, Matt – um, they were very, gave very politically correct answers. Oh, it doesn't matter who th- throws us the ball, or um, you know, we could catch whatever ball they throw at us. Um, but I, I, it's got to figure into it where if you're practicing with the ones and the first team and guys who are going to play in a game, for them to get a look at at the the different arm slots that these guys are, are throwing at. Obviously, the go at six six is going to come out a little bit higher than and Villamont, and everybody throws the ball a little bit different. So, it, to me, I I, I do think that, that they have to figure out a starter before the game. But I, I think you're right in terms of maybe they'll play two guys, not not a, a dual, um, you know, not a, a two-quarterback system, but maybe they go, you know, see how Legault does um, for a certain amount of time then put in Diamont. I mean, I think the best-case scenario is if you start, you know, beating teams pretty well then you could get a good look at at either quarterback um in terms of defense did there wasn't a lot of hitting today but did anybody stand out to you during the during the drills I thought um there were a couple guys you know Jonathan Crawford made a couple plays and uh, Marcelino Ball made a couple plays you know guys like that who did anybody stand out for you
2: yeah, I, yeah, Jonathan Crawford is probably the first name that jumps out. I mean, I was thinking about it. I'm driving home, and you know, um, he, you know, he, there was a couple. Of, he had to do some up, or push-ups because he dropped a couple of interceptions. But the good news is he was in position to make those picks, and he seemed like a guy that was really get all kind of all over the field when he was out there, going sideline to sideline. Um, you know, uh, Richard Fann had a nice pick. Tyler Green almost had one um Andre Brown made a nice play um like you said without hitting it's kind of hard to get a read on like the D linemen and linebackers a little bit just because you know there's there's no there is no tackling um but what stuck out for me from those positions is and we mentioned it at practice is the size I mean these they've got Jacob Robinson has gotten noticeably bigger I think he's 280 something and he looks all of that and and then some I mean they've they've got some good size. I mean, Nate Hoff's always been a big guy. He looks like he maybe he's actually kind of leaned up a little bit, but he's still a big dude. So, um, you know, the front seven, um, I guess front six, this is a four, two, five, you know, to me, it was, uh, you know, I, I like the size that they, of the guys they have and, you know, they had some good athletes and then on the back end, you know, Jonathan Crawford for me was a guy that kind of, uh, you know, I was like, you know, that's the guy I remember from early in the season last year.
0: Yeah. And it was good to see Zeke Walker back as well. He had a, he had an interception. I forgot who the quarterback was, but, he, you know, he's coming off a Liz Frank injury, which usually takes some time to get back from, but he looked like he was full go and made a nice play at the Husky position. So he's a guy, uh, a taller, you know, a guy on defense who who can make some plays. But Matt, uh, you know, is, is there anything we, in on the recruiting standpoint now, um, back to that, that we need to, that Hoosier fans should keep uh, an eye on?
2: Well, there's probably a few guys that could be close. Uh, uh, I, if I say it, I was practicing to say Chinadu Agbana, the linebacker from Georgia. If I had to put money on somebody to be the next commit, it would probably be him. Um, after that, it's kind of probably a little bit of wait and see. I don't uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that is probably really close. Um, uh, well, Kurt Raftell from here in state. He's a guy that, you know, he's, he told me last week at, after the invasion camp, he's down to IU, Auburn, and Nebraska. Um And wow. I actually kind of, I, yeah, he's he's got offers from all, all three visit Auburn recently. Actually ran into the Carmel head coach uh, up here um, at the Speedway gas station and um, he, he, we talked a little bit and he said that IU's in great shape and he kind of called him the favorite. So, with Raptor, we'll see if that, how that plays out. But, um, I would that, say he probably got
1: you, uh, What's how you recruiting him to play? Would it be? I think tight. I think
2: Ty, tight end. I, think I I saw him at the camp, and I'll be honest. I you know, when you think of a six seven tight end, you think well, he's not going to be real fluid. He's going to be maybe a little I don't know, maybe mechanical. He he does not look six seven when he's running routes and catching the ball. He looks like he's six four. I mean, he has nice hand, good hands. Um, he he was fluid. He he didn't. It wasn't like you felt like he couldn't play tight end. And I mean that you know the other thing is is you wonder if he, is he going to get too big because he's got that frame. And his frame, to me, is different than, than – I saw Jason Spriggs the summer before his senior year, and you could tell Jason Spriggs was going to be 310 pounds. I'm not so sure that Kurt Raffel is going to be 310. I think he may stay in that 250 to 260 range, which is definitely a, a si- good size for tight end. And I think he could stay at tight end. Now, there's always that chance, he you know, he his body, you know, bulks up. But I, I think he could play tight end. I mean, it's – it's not a common thing for a guy his size to be a tight end, but it's not completely, you know, not, uh, not have uh, ever happened before. So I think he could do it. And like I said, I was really impressed. It was just a camp, no pads or anything. But just watched him catch the ball, caught it with his hands, soft hands, you had to adjust on a poorly thrown ball and made the catch. So I think he's got a shot to stick at tight end. And I, and I think that's where they'll put him. I mean, you could always try him. If he gets too big, you put him at O tackle or something like that. But I think tight end's where he can play.
1: Boy, him and Hendershot would be a nice, uh, nice one-two combo in this recruiting class as far as, uh, receiving options, bigger guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Hendershot's a good athlete. I mean, he could play defense, but I, I think tight end's where he'll be, barring something, barring something else we're seeing because uh, he's a he's a heck of a tight end prospect, and he can really run and catch, you know, catch the ball and then run with it afterwards. Yep.
1: Yeah. What uh, one, one question yeah. pertaining to, to recruiting? I, you know, it's a bit of a mystery to me. Why I don't want to say struggle because I I don't think there's been a struggle with quarterbacks when you've had Nate Sudfeld uh, here in the program and then Richard Vago and, and Ramsey and Austin King guys that have a lot of promise but I, why has so many quarterbacks been you know very close and had Indiana in the running but why do you think that the IU's been unable to to kind of seal the deal on on some of the higher priority quarterbacks that they've they've gone after here recently.
2: Uh Is that a
1: concern? I've... Is that a concern? You know, moving forward, do you think, or there's still a lot of options available for them?
2: Well, it's a question that I have thought about, and I you know me and you know Sammy have talked about it. It's, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to say. I, I don't know if I can put my finger on it because you would think this was a, would be an offense that a quarter that quarterbacks would be falling over themselves to oh. it. Now, some of it is, I think, you know, lots, they, 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 they kind of the way things have worked with their quarterbacks and guys left and whatever. The way it's been staggered, you know, you if you're if you're a young quarterback, you look at it and you see Nate Sethwell's got two or three years or whatever. Now, in this case, for 17, that's not really the case. Um, you know, the biggest problem is they've missed on two in-state guys that are really good. Now, in, you know, it's uh, Brandon Peters to Michigan and Hunter Johnson to Clemson. Um, you know, those are obviously programs that the sneeze at, very good programs tradition, Rich. But its I don't know if it's concerning. Now, I don't I don't think you have to take a quarterback in this class at 17 because you've got five and all are coming back you'd like to in a perfect world. But you can't reach. You don't want to reach on somebody, especially in a class that's only going to maybe have 20 to 21 guys. They'll mm-hmm. keep tabs on the guys they've offered. And if somebody, if there's a coaching change or somebody, you know, decides they want don't want to go to where they committed, then I think they would take somebody. I don't know if they're going to offer anybody new unless somebody just really blows up. But in 18, to me, especially if you go to another bowl game this year, you have another successful season, 18 will be the kind of the litmus test for me. If they don't get, you know, it's not that they haven't gotten quality quarterbacks. You mentioned the guys they've gotten. It's just those guys have kind of been a little bit down the recruiting board. And that's not a bad thing. But you, at every other position on the roster, even on defense, they've gotten some of the guys at the top of their board. D-line, linebacker, DB, um, and especially on offense, except for quarterback. And nothing against Austin King or, or Peyton Ramsey. I think they can be quality guys. But at some point, you kind of like to get that guy that's right there at the top and a four-star guy, a big-name quarterback. And, and um, you know, it's. I, I, I wish I had a better answer as to why. I really don't know why. And I think sometimes maybe they're kind of bewildered by it too because it's a great offense to play in if you're a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I know we've talked about it a lot, Matt, and it's it's. I, I don't want to call it mind-boggling, but it, it's it's a little curious and something to keep I, an eye on. But I, I I think you're right in terms of they could they don't need to take one in this class, especially with uh, you know if it's close to twenty, they only have eight you know spots left, um, seven or eight spots left in this uh, recruiting class. So you know it's something that that Hoosier fans should keep an eye on. Uh, for the future. But uh, Matt, thanks for your time. Um, hopefully, you'll join us again soon. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll be down in Florida before you know it, so you could, you know, we'll golf for a few days. Hopefully, you don't, you know, fight any of the old people. Um, but uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on with us.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. It's always great to come on, and I appreciate you having me.
0: Thank you, thanks. Matt. Well, TJ, it's always uh, great hearing from Matt. You know, he's always working and gave a Speedway uh, gas a, a shout out. So, Speedway, if you're looking for a sponsor on the podcast, you um, know, give us a call. Uh, but anyway, I, I think this recruiting class is shaping up to, to be very good for IU uh, in terms yeah. of they're bulking up that defensive line, which is something that that we said that they would get underway or, or you know try and focus on. Um, but You know, I think, what, six, seven
1: guys already? Six, seven guys that are, like, looking like potential defensive line guys already?
0: Yeah, and that's a minimum. Some of these guys could flip from offense to defense and and vice versa. Um, But it's – they're now getting these bigger bodies where, you know, maybe they won't be as as much of a project to to bulk up and – in terms of, you know, the weight room or need a year. And the, you could just plug them in and play. Um, but TJ, it was uh, being down at, 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 uh, media day at IU and, and at fall camp uh, earlier today, you know, there's just a, you know, and, and Ken Sterling wrote about it, it. There was just a sense of, you know, a little sense of pride and, uh, and um, confidence in them that, you know, we, we, we went to a bowl last year. They know it's not good enough, but it's right, we're no longer you know the doormat that IU football has been for for a while. So that that was that was good to see, good to hear. The quarterback competition, you know, it's 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 wide open. Xander looked, you know, he came back after missing spring. He looked very good, and he, and he looked sharper than I expected in terms of throwing the ball. Just because he'd missed 15 practices in the spring and you don't really know what they did in the summer, but obviously you could tell he put the work in and, you know, he's throwing the ball with a little more zip. You wish he could put on a little bit more weight. Um, You know, he's just things like one of those guys who could eat and eat and eat and just never put on weight. And I I wish I was that type of person, but I'm not, Uh, but it was, uh, you know, it was encouraging to see, now these guys are pushing each other. It's, it's not, um, you know, it's not, Oh no, they're both not good. They're, they're both playing okay uh, with a lot of chance to grow. And, and one of the, the quotes Wilson had today was be the best quarterback you could be. And, and you know what, at the end of the day, if they want to make a decision in, in two weeks, say, you know what, this guy has played his best and, and he's better than you and, and, and pick a starter that way. That's, I think that's the way uh, they should go. But you know, in, in a perfect world, uh, you pick a starter, and you go on the road, you you blow out your your first uh, opponent, maybe first two opponents, and you get a look at both of them going into that open week uh, and get them both game reps. But uh, we know it's not a perfect world, uh, so that that like it won't happen. But uh, TJ, going into camp, what is what are your biggest questions uh, heading in into the season?
1: Well, one more note on uh, on quarterback. I I mean, I wasn't shocked or anything, but it, it's worth noting that uh, athlete Donovan Hale has, um, it sounds like, opted himself to kind of move back to wide receiver. Um, if you want to yeah, talk he, about that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, um, Donovan Hale uh, was a quarterback in the spring. He's from Largo, Florida, a sophomore. Terrific athlete. Um, and he's moving back to wide receiver to try and get on the field. Um, you know, Wilson said he was a year or two away from being a good quarterback. He thought he had the skills to be a quarterback. Uh, he was a good quarterback in high school. He just missed a lot of time. He suffered a knee injury in high school his senior year, and he missed a lot of time and, and wasn't really 100% last year going into fall camp and going into practice. So he missed a lot of those reps. But you saw him against Michigan at wide receiver. He made a terrific and catch. Um, he, he had a, you know, you saw him today. He showed off great hands. Um, I don't know his hand size, but it must be huge because there, there, there were throws where he had to reach and make a grab, and it, it just looked like, you know, it was he's catching the ball with with Velcro on his gloves. So, uh, but you know, he's an athlete that was too talented to sit on the bench. And and this is something Matt and I discussed as well uh, coming back from media day when, uh, you know, we thought, you know, how do you get Donovan Hale on the field and and switching him to receiver um, if he didn't – I don't want to say he didn't pan out a quarterback, but he was going to be buried on the depth chart. And so he's just too good of an athlete to not use and and just have him sit on the bench.
1: Yeah, right. we've mentioned that on the podcast before as far as where he was going to end up. And, um, you know, we thought, well, if he's a, if he's a quarterback, maybe he, uh, you know, maybe he sees a couple of unique packages or something, which, you know, would be out of character for, for how Indiana operates its offense. But, you know, we thought maybe that's something they could do, but it was always our consensus opinion that they need to find a way to get him onto the field. And this seems to be kind of the, Uh, the best way to do that this season is to to put him a wide receiver. And um, obviously I would not expect for him to eclipse any of the the three starters, but, you know, after those three starters, you you do have some opportunity to earn some playing time. Um, You know, I, I think that probably Jason Harris is there. Nick Westbrook is there. And after those five, um, you know, you do have a lot of options, but you've got, Guess question marks. Isaac Griffith uh, is potentially going to miss the whole season. Um, you, know, you have Luke Timian, uh You've got some some freshmen coming in. Camion Patrick might see some time split out wide or playing in the slot. But there, there are there's going to be an opportunity there for Donovan Hale to to earn his way onto the field um, as an athlete. So I I I'm interested to see how that pans out. And I if. If this gets Donovan Hale on the field, then it's a move that I'm I'm happy with. Yeah,
0: and and to go on to your wide receivers, um, it's a lot of uh, they're going to play eight or nine guys, maybe ten guys. But a name that yeah. was thrown around a lot today uh, was Nick Westbrook. I know when I co- talked to Coach Caton, he I I believe I'll have to go back and listen to it, but I believe he he was one of the standouts on at wide receiver in the weight room in the off season. Um, and and Jayshon Harris looked good in practice. You know, he he was good. he he looks back a hundred percent. You know, you notice he he was moving without a hitch in his giddy up. Uh, he looked good. Uh, a lot of the freshmen are, are going to fight for playing time. Uh, they might not all play, and and you know you have to think about the the philosophy of how many plays is a freshman actually worth to you to burn a year. You know, if yeah, if some guy if somebody goes down and, and you need them in the last game of the year to get to a bowl game or or win a a, a bowl game or something like that, do you burn a red shirt? Yeah, sure, maybe. maybe. But they have enough depth and talent uh, with this wide receiver core that they could you know start redshirting guys like Phil Banker or Taysier-Mac or Mack or Jonah uh, Jonah Morris um, that they don't have to force to play these freshmen. Now I know you know. Wilson's not afraid to, to play freshman, which is good, but you know, it's a luxury to to maybe keep a few of these bullets in the holster um yep. and, and let them learn the offense from the sideline, let them learn it in practice, uh, let them bulk up. Um and, and Wilson does make a good point. He likes to play freshman because it keeps them involved in school. They're on a schedule and not playing we've all sat on the bench in sports, DJ, and, and not playing is frustrating. And if you're not playing and these guys are coming from high school where they play all the time. They were likely the best player on their team or one of the best players and starting all the time and playing a lot to going to riding the bench, not having a chance to get into a game no matter what they do in practice. So it can be frustrating on that side too. But, look, you've got eight or nine guys who could play, and that's not a knock on the freshmen, but your turn's going to be next year when – Ricky Jones graduates, uh, Mitchell Page yeah. graduates, and, and you might lose Simi Cobbs to the league. So the opportunity is there. You just have to stay patient, and that's what I think some of these young guys will do. But I'm telling you, the hands on this team are, are unbelievable, um, and and the wide receiver core is going to be a strength. They just need to find that guy to throw them get them the ball, and, and let the, these receivers do the work. Um, but this uh, – To me, the team, even when they took the field, they just look physically bigger uh, and faster than than IU teams in the past that, that, you know, we've been used to seeing.
1: Well, I mean, when you look at the uh, kind of the aggregate recruiting ranking of this group as a whole, I mean, these are all Kevin Wilson's guys. Uh, These are all guys that he's brought into the program. And when you look at the recruiting aggregate as a whole, which I understand is not the end-all be-all, Um, You know, programs will underperform and overperform consistently based on how well they develop, how well they they evaluate talent versus how well the recruiters, you know, the recruiting rankings have evaluated that talent. But in general, when you take an entire team and look at what that aggregate recruiting ranking is, it's usually pretty close to where that that team is ranked in preseason polls and predictions. And Indiana's aggregate recruiting ranking is better than it has been at any point, um, probably in, in the history of, you know, aggregate recruiting rankings. Uh, it's, it's a better deeper roster than what Kevin Wilson has ever had. And really, I think it's safe to say than what Indiana's had until, uh, at least Bill Mallory's years, uh, better years with Indiana. Um, So, you know, it's no surprise that they look better, um, look bigger, look stronger just from a physical standpoint. um, It's definitely good to hear. And it's, uh, I think, a very big positive that Indiana's not going to be just out-athleted by and physically overwhelmed by hardly anyone that they play. The only schools that might be able to just physically overwhelm them are going to be probably Michigan and Ohio State. And as we've seen here recently, Uh, you know, last year that that's probably not going to be the case either. Like they're not going to be intimidated and overwhelmed by those two schools either. So um, I think it speaks really well to the coaching staff and what they've brought in now, just because you've done those things. And just because you have apparently, you know, everything we've heard is they've put in the work in the off season, the attitude around the team is good. Uh, The confidence around the team is good. You know, you're not in a situation where you're, apologizing for being a part of Indiana football anymore. You know, those days are over. Um, and I know that just in the way that I feel, I've never been ashamed to be an Indiana fan. You know, you kind of, in the past, it'll be, in the recent past, it'll be, oh, you know, I write for the Indiana football side or I'm an Indiana football fan. You kind of get a sideways glance like, what, really? And that's not the case anymore. You know, it's not it's no longer something that you feel like you have to explain why you're an Indiana football fan. That doesn't mean that it's a consistently great program. It doesn't mean that yet, but I I feel like it's significantly, uh, better in stature than, than what it has been any time that I've been a fan.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I always go back to a game I went to in, I believe 2010 and, and I took my cousin uh, to OSU-IU game, and, you know, his first reaction was, you know, the atmosphere's great, but if you look at the lines, it's like varsity against JV, and it's no longer like that. And I was talking to Jacob Bailey um, today about that and saying, you know, I, I called it too early to call it a tradition, but for five, you know, he came in five years ago with the staff um and yeah. Greg Fry told them that they were they were going to be the best offensive line in the Big Ten. Some people laughed at that, and, and rightfully so. They hadn't earned that yet. But if you look over the last couple of years um, and heading into this year, they're arguably the best line in the Big Ten, if not, you know, they're in the top two or three. Uh, and yep, that's just a testament to to Coach Fry and Coach Wilson, the recruiting they do, and these players. They they've bought in. And they've created a standard um, that you know these young guys, and, and you see the big bodies they're bringing in, and people want to play for this team on the offensive line now. Uh, where you know you're, you're right, you're not getting pushed around. We saw last year in the Michigan game where late in the game, Dan Feeney's running down like a runaway bulldozer, just running people over, clearing the way for Jordan Howard. Um, yeah, and
1: Indiana was doing the had, pushing.
0: Yeah, it was and pushing is taking it lightly. They were steamrolling them uh, in the run game late in the game when normally it's the other way around, where you know IU keeps it close and and then the other team breaks away um, and, and starts physically overwhelming them. But uh, I just the the, the standards on, on both offense and defense now with Coach Allen are are there. The bar is set and the bar is set pretty high. Um, so I'm excited yeah, I was, to see I what Paul about camp that. has to do.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, – and that's something that it talks about is raising the defensive standard to meet and match what the offensive standard has been. Um, so did, what, what did you notice, if anything, um, on the defensive side of the ball that maybe is a little bit different in the past, just in maybe coaching style or energy level or – you know, the way that they've conducted the defensive side of practice um, or the personnel, just anything you notice that that would uh, be a little bit different than what we've seen in the past that that apparently hasn't worked on defense.
0: Well, the energy level uh, on defense is great. Coaches were into it. I mean, it's the first day. Your energy level is going to be through the roof on on day one and day two. Um, But, you know, when talking with Coach Allen today, uh, he says, you know, the the first thing we got to trust each other, we got to love each other, and and that's how a successful family works. Is you know, you trust each other to make the plays you're supposed to make, and you know what? There's been a lot of bad press about this Indiana defense. Where, hey, it, it's we're in our room. This is the these are our guys, and, and we have one another's backs. Um, so that that's something. You know, you got to look at too is is their attitude, just believing in each other. They they carried themselves a little bit better on the field. You, you got a little bit more feeling of confidence on the defensive side of the ball, and and they did make some good plays today. Uh, you know, Matt was talking about a, a Jonathan Crawford play, which you know, should have been a pick, but it, it was a tough ball to catch. But he he was there in position. Uh, Richard Fant had a nice interception uh zeke walker made a great play these guys are now believing each other that they will make the play not over compensating for oh no i don't trust that guy to make a play let me you know the play's going over there or might go over there let me help him out and let my guy go free and it ends up as a disaster but you know you see the the standard is set with coach allen and all the defensive coaches is that you know last year wasn't good enough Um, being at the bottom of the Big Ten is not good enough. Even being in the middle of the Big Ten is not good enough. He talked to guys like Nate Hoff today, and they they were talking about we want to be the best in the Big Ten. Enough of, you know, we could be mediocre and we'll be a good team. We want to be a great team, and we want to be a a great defense. So that's what I think, uh, you know, some of the stuff with Coach Allen uh, is there's a lot more accountability on defense um, in terms of, you know, if if guys drop a pick or or whatever, they're – Doing push-ups, they're, you know, you know, not picking themselves and down on themselves, but they're like, ah, I, that's a play I got to make, um, and stuff like that. So it, it's really good to see the standard uh, being set higher on defense. Um, another thing I want to uh, get out before before we have to go, TJ. Um, is I, I talked to Noah Joseph, the safeties coach, about uh, Jamie Thompson, Chase Dutra, and, you know, something I saw in Jamie Thompson in the spring was his mean streak. And I asked uh, Joseph about it. Is, is That's something you want. Is that something that's been missing uh, from Indiana's defense? And, you know, one of the things he said is that we, in the past we haven't had any physically, um, you know, intimidating guys who make you feel the hit. We had some guys who could tackle and, and make big hits, but there there wasn't a guy who would come down, lay the lumber, and, and make you feel the hit and be physically imposing on defense and have that, that mean streak that Jamie Thompson – and he said Chase Dutra is like that too. And, you know, maybe that will set the tone to to the other guys to have that mean streak be smart with it, but, you know – have that make that that receiver think I don't really want to go across the middle today because you know, Jamie Thompson might get me or Chase Jutra you know might come down and and uh, lay a hard lick on me or you know I'm getting tired of uh, running the ball into Nate Hoff and and Ralph Green and getting hit by Marcus Oliver and all that stuff to where you know then you get the offenses thinking about it a little too much and and that's that's something that you know when when the pads, when, when they actually put pads on and start tackling, maybe we'll see a little bit more of, uh, but TJ, thanks for joining us. Um, we are out of time. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll start our regular shows. Uh, game week is uh, game day is only 29 days away, believe it or not. So TJ, thanks for joining us. Um, have a a wonderful rest of the evening and and we'll talk IU, uh, uh, another time.
1: Absolutely Always a pleasure thanks for listening everybody and uh welcome to football season this is when we we really ramp up the content on the site will continue to to be excellent as we get into now i u position previews and uh all that good stuff and then we'll i mean we'll be doing the legitimate opponent preview here before like you said before we know it it's going to be here so i'm I'm amped up ready to go. Yeah,
0: uh, we're amped up too, uh, so everybody um, do come back to Hoosier Huddle. We'll start our opponent previews, our, our game week previews here in a couple weeks. We'll have updates from camp, updates on recruiting. Our, our IU positional previews are coming up as well, so uh, don't be a stranger. Come back to uh, to HoosierHuddle.com. Tweet us at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, find us on Facebook as well. Um, we're tweaking some things on the site as well. Uh, So bear with us on that. Uh, If a link doesn't work, just shoot us a tweet. Say, hey, this isn't working, and and we'll try and fix it. But um, be excited. Football's here. It's finally here, and uh, we'll have games uh, soon enough.